0: I just wanted to mention that whatever sentence I get today, I deserve. I know I'm going to be spending life behind bars, never to see the streets again. But I did these crimes and I should pay for these crimes. Those are the words Altamio Sanchez spoke the day he stood trial for his crimes. He knew that he deserved to pay for what he had done. And if you don't know the name Altamio Sanchez, well, tonight we're going to tell you the story of how he became known ...as the Bike Path Rapist. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Getting Loser. We're starting a podcast. Uh, Just in case you don't know, it's my week, so you know it's true crime time, baby. You're getting It's finally time. Yeah, he's about to look like he's going to bust a out over here. And we're, uh, I figured, you know, if we're going to start with true crime, why not start with something more local? Uh, So anybody that lives from around this area, obviously... You've probably heard the story of Altamio Sanchez, a.k.a. the Bike Path Rapist, a.k.a. the Bike Path Killer. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to dive in here today. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of his backstory first of, uh, you know, like his childhood, his parents, stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then uh, we'll start to dive into a little bit of his crimes. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Drew, you got anything to say before we start this up? Yeah, um,
1: unfortunately... um if know knows, you know, he hear Mike with us, he uh, we just des- decided to depart with him, or he decided to part with us.
0: It's going to be, now only going to be chopping cheetah in the morning. But at night. But we're still going to be getting losers. We're starting a podcast. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, Monday morning, like one thirty a.m., Mike, uh, unfortunately, made the tough decision to... Uh, that he decided that he wanted to, uh, he wanted to leave. I mean, it was nothing bad. It was a mutual decision between all of us. We all agreed, you know. He's he's just ready to start this adventure on his own. He wants to do his own thing, so. We're never going to get in his way of doing that. That's fine, you know. I mean, me and Drew are just going to keep on trucking along.
1: Yeah. Uh, we'll still support him in every many
0: way. Yeah, out. yeah, and we hope you guys support him the same way that you support us. Uh, and obviously, uh. Me and Drew talked about on the way here. Uh, He goes on vacation in a couple weeks. So uh, while he's down there, he's going to be doing a special episode. Just him. And then uh, when he gets back, we're going to start talking about maybe trying to find another host to bring on. We're just going to, you know, we're going to put it out there. We're going to let people know that if they're down to be on and they, you know, they want to do, they want to be a part of what we're building here, then, you know, we'll we'll start looking around. Oh, definitely. But, uh, yeah, man, let's get up into, uh, Altamio Sanchez. Yo, you guys. I know I shouldn't be excited to talk about this guy because he's pretty fucked up, but I'm just excited to talk true crime finally, honestly. This is like, I'm super hyped about this. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of his background first, talk a little bit about his parents, stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Altamio Sanchez, he was born in San Sebastian, Puerto Rico. On January 19th, 1958. So this motherfucker is old. Today, this motherfucker is old. Old. Uh, he was the youngest of three other children. His father, Altamio Sanchez Sr., actually left his family when he was only two years old because it turned out that he was having an affair with a prostitute. Gee, how about not remember. So, I mean, it's this family's already fucked up. right? This kid's only two years old. This family's already fucked up. Your dad's having a affair with a prostitute, that's, that's pretty fucked, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and I just want to say something real quick, there's a couple things that I'm going to be pointing out in here, that there's some things that you hear a lot when uh, studying, like, true crime, like a lot of serial killers, stuff like that, a lot of the stuff that Altamiel Sanchez went through in his childhood is, like, a big factor behind, you know, some some infamous criminals, you know what I mean? So there's like little shit that you see a lot when re- when researching other guys like this, just so you guys know. I mean, I'll, I'll point a couple things out to you, obviously. But yeah, his father left when Altamio was only two because it turned out he's having an affair with a prostitute. Uh, his mother, Lucy Caraballo, sorry if I butchered that name, guys. I'm not very good with this stuff. Uh, while she was pregnant with Altamio, She tried to cut her pregnancy short by taking high doses of pills. So, like, his mother, you know, she's already fucked. She didn't even want this kid to be born. And then she's probably even more pissed when the father left because now she's like, oh, I gotta be a fucking mother to a kid that I don't want.
1: Yeah, that's fucked up.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's... This is one of the things. This is one of my pinpoints that I'm going to point out to you guys is messed up childhood is always a huge factor. When talking true crime about you know guys like you know well I mean he wasn't really a silly killer I guess he's kind of but like Jim Jones he had a fucked up childhood uh, you know guys like Jeffrey Dahmer fucked up childhood guys like that just like the, one of the biggest things that you always find when record when researching serial killers or like that is nine times out of ten they all come from fucked up homes. I'm not saying that excuses what they do, but it's just, you know, it plays a factor in a lot of people. But uh yeah, then uh sorry if you can hear these guys behind them. they're very they're very excited people. But uh yeah, so his mother tried, you know, killing him while he was still pregnant, while she was still pregnant with him. Uh then not long after the father left, they moved to New York he was either two or three around this age. I couldn't find an exact no, uh,
1: answer. so He was um he was nine years old when he moved to North Collins, New York. Are you sure? Yeah, I got it right when here. When I
0: looked it up, it was three years old. Got it right here. All right, well, he was nine years old.
1: Well, he was nine years old to move to New York, but he moved to Miami when he was about like two. All
0: right, well, that's not what I found out, but whatever. They lived in North Collins, which is close to Buffalo, New York. Uh, another big factor. That plays a part in, you know, people becoming serial killers, rapists, stuff like that. Uh, he was s- abused sexually and physically by his mother's boyfriend. And there would be times where her mother's b- his mother's boyfriend would beat her in front of Altimio. Like, he would make her watch while he beat on his mother. Which is also another factor in why people turn into, like, you know, doing this kind of shit. is They see this stuff growing up, so it's kind of, like, in- implemented in their brains, you know what I mean? and, like I guess kind of in a way they do it as like taking back power from something that, I don't know, made them feel powerless as a kid, I guess. I don't know. I mean you could interpret it literally a hundred different ways. I'm not gonna get into that. It's that's a whole different thing. But uh Yeah, I mean I didn't find out too much about his childhood. I mean they I didn't dive super deep into it. I just wanted to I, give you guys a couple of big
1: I, factors. It's on his uh, mother was also had a drinking problem.
0: Yeah. Drew, can you help me finish your sentence before you interrupt me, please? That shit drives me nuts. Yeah, his mother was an alcoholic. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't dive super deep into his childhood. I just wanted to give you guys a little backstory, you know, of him, like him growing up and the shit that he dealt with because, you know, that shit plays a factor in who he became. But uh, they also said that he was never really into sports uh, never had a girlfriend, like, in his younger years, uh, I guess he thought that talking to girls was hard because he was a very shy person, which is very strange that, like, a lot of serial killers, when they're younger, they're very shy people, but then, like, they grow up and they're able to just fucking kill somebody with no problem, it's very weird. (laughs) It's weird how that happens, you know what I mean, like, how they go from, like, Being like, oh, I can't talk to this person to, oh, I'm going to slice this guy's throat for no reason. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think when he was in his teens, pretty sure it was his teens, uh, his mother told him that he was a mistake. Which also, you know, more trauma led to, you know, him turning out the way he did. Uh, In junior high, he started having blackouts, which uh, is very strange, you know. I'm su- I'm honestly surprised he didn't try to use that as an excuse of why he did the shit he did. He was trying to say it's because of his blackouts, which is what a lot of people would do. But uh, around this time, it's believed that he committed his first rape. He was about 17 at the time. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever proved that he actually did one back then, but I think something like it was either he s- mentioned something about it or somebody else. I guess an incident happened around that time, and maybe they just, you know, said that it was him because of the shit that he did later on. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But more than likely, it was probably him. Uh, Because a lot of those guys, they start young. They'll do like one or two crimes when they're younger. You know what I mean? And then, for lack of better wording, once you get a taste for it, it's pretty much over from there. It's like smoking crack. Once you get a taste for it, you can't stop. You know what I mean? Or it's like getting a new in latte. Like a fucked up way.
1: It's like getting a new latte. You can't
0: stop. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, what year was it? What, what year was his first attack? Then? He was about seventeen. He was in junior high. I'm not sure the exact year. I didn't get uh, exact details.
1: He was a senior. His senior year in 1975.
0: All right, Drew. My bad. Sorry. We must have different information because that's not what I was what I've read. So But um anyways got anything else you want to correct me on before we finish or no. Okay. But anyways, he attended Buff State uh for industrial arts, the industrial arts program. And that's when he met his wife <coughs> Kathleen Whitley. She became the only person he had a relationship with. Uh, then, in 1977, the first rape he actually attributed to, they actually attributed to him, was in 1977. His um, crimes, kind of, you know, they like during like the '70s, show. like that. There's like, there's like little instances of it, and then. Like, I think, like, from, like, the 80s to 90s, it's when he goes off on his bender, kind of. But uh, that's when he start, uh not long after finishing college, he took a job at Trico to support his wife, who was pregnant. And then uh, in 1983, he left there and started working at American Brass, which uh, somebody, I, my father knows somebody that worked with him at that plant. And uh, that's where he was working the day that he was captured. But yeah, anyways, uh, in the 80s, like early 80s, between like, uh, I think they said he raped over a dozen women. Around like, you know, in between like the 80s, between like the 80s to the 90s. And then in 1990, he committed his first murder. Because like, remember, this guy, for a while, he was only known... As raping women You know what I mean He wasn't He never killed somebody yet In 1990 That's when he committed His first murder Uh He strangled a jogger Named Linda Yalum At Elliot Elcott State Park Uh Yeah And then Hold on guys uh, Hold on I'm having conflicting
1: Just uh Linda Lady, girl, woman, or she was. She was she was attending at the University of
0: Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's the one that he killed because oh no, that's a different lady, sorry. But uh Yeah, he killed Linda in nineteen ninety and then another murder in ninety two. He killed Ma Jane, Missouri. And later on he said that he killed her because they had previous contact, and he was afraid she could have recognized him but uh he first became a suspect, like you know when they started these murders started coming up and, like all these stories about people these women being raped uh He first became a suspect when one of his coworkers had snitched on him, saying that he had been to the state park twice around the times of the rape. So, I mean, like, good on that guy for snitching, man. I know snitching's not cool, but, like, good on that guy, man. You know? Maybe if the cops weren't stupid, he could actually say some lie. Not saying cops are stupid, but, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot harder back then to... I'm sure it's a lot harder to, you know, make shit like that stick against somebody, I guess. I don't know. Definitely, for sure. But, uh... And then... On January thirty first, ninety one in ninety one, he uh the police surveillanced him and that's when he voluntarily let the police interview him. So this guy he was kind of a genius, you know. He probably knew like, yo, the cops know some shit, but they don't got me. So I'm gonna go in voluntarily, I'm gonna let them interview me, and then, you know, I'm just gonna walk right out that bitch because that's like such a like I know this guy's a piece of shit, and we shouldn't commend him for shit, but, like, that's a boss move to, like, know that you committed these things, and you just walk in and be interviewed voluntarily, and then just walk right back out the building. That's kind of a boss move.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just what? imagine getting interviewed by the police. Like, yeah. You can interview me all you want. And, um, I'll be boss-ass ass you. You got anything against me? They said no. All right, I'm out
0: of here. Yeah, he uh, so yeah, his his coworker snitched on him. Uh, when they interviewed him, they took fingerprints, but they did not take his DNA. And then, uh I think like a year or two after that, he got busted trying to solicit a prostitute. <laughs> that was actually an undercover cop, but those charges were reduced to loitering. Then. He killed Jane Mazur, and then he was arrested again in 99 for soliciting a prostitute. Once again, the charges were reduced to loitering. Which, like, I mean, if you get this guy twice for fucking going after a prostitute, maybe you'd want to take some DNA just in case, you know? Yeah. Like, if they would have just taken DNA these two times they got him, I guarantee they would have caught him and probably, you know, stopped him from ever doing it again. But uh, yeah. Then he was silent for a little bit. He went silent for a little bit. He lost his father, no, he lost his mother in 2005. His father died the next year in 2006. So this dude's father died the same year I started high school, which is crazy. The same year I graduated. Because like around this time, we had already heard like stories about, you know, I mean, like nobody was, nobody. We did obviously we didn't know everything, but there was. In a small town like Niagara Falls, shit gets around quick. So, if you're hearing people saying, like, oh, yeah, you guys heard about this dude. He's raping women on the bike path. So, like, me and my little fucking asshole friends who probably couldn't fight our way out of a paper bag. (laughs) We're always walking around talking about how if we ever seen that dude, we were going to fuck him up, and he wouldn't be safe around us, and we would protect the women. But, like, let's be honest. This dude popped out with a knife or something. We'd probably all shit our pants and start running. (laughs) I can see it now. But, like, it was... But, you know, around that time, around 2006, that's – he went silent for a little bit around that time. But they – that's when it started becoming well-known around here. And, you know, there was people getting – you know, I mean, they, like – not, like, put the city on lockdown. But, like, they were making sure they told people, hey, listen, if you're going to go out, be safe, travel with somebody. You know what I mean? Especially women. Yeah, especially Because he never killed men. He only killed women. Well, um, he only killed like three women, but, I mean, you know what I mean. He only raped women. He never did anything to men. And then uh, exactly 16 years after his first murder, he killed again. This time, his victim was 45-year-old Joan Diver, which this one is very strange because the other two women he killed, he also raped them. But Joan Diver, he did not rape her. So he killed her, but he didn't rape her, which is very strange. So I I don't know why, but yeah, it's very strange that he, that he, you know, he raped all these women, but he didn't rape her. That's very weird. But uh, anyways, yeah. And then to talk about, let me give you a little background on like, you know, him and like his crimes, like his victims, shit like that. I'll give you a little background on that too. Like I said earlier, Sanchez only killed women. uh, Ages ranging ranging between mid-teens to mid-forties. He would attack them near bike paths and then drag them somewhere more secluded. Uh, I think, pretty sure, he started off threatening them with a knife. And uh, while he he was threatening them with a knife, he would rub up against them. And then that later turned... Into a gun. And then. You know. Wait. So.
1: Uh, you seen the gun. Not in his pants.
0: Because like, he was rubbing it on them. True. Come on dude. I told you. There's a and place for jokes. In this kind of conversation. And that was not. A time for a joke. <laughs> but yeah. When he switched to. Using a gun. To threaten them. That's when. He switched to raping them too. Because. I don't know. I guess it's easier to get control over somebody with a gun in your hand than it is with a knife. I don't know, but he's, he's just fucked up, dude. But, uh, when he first started doing it, he would only threaten them with the gun. He wouldn't do anything else. But, he started resorting to strangling them, too, after one girl had put up a fight. So, I mean, you know, it's crazy, because, like, with a lot of people, if they're strangling somebody, they're strangling them to kill them. But I think Ultimeo wasn't strangling people. You know what I mean? It wasn't meant to... He wasn't meant to try and kill them. Like, he was smart. He only did it until they'd go and... Like, they'd, they'd fall unconscious. You know what I mean? So, like, he knew what he was doing. He knew how he was doing this. So, he wasn't doing it trying to kill them. He was doing it as a way to control them. So that he can, you know, get off, I guess, in a sense. Uh, Which, sorry guys, lack of better words, but... Uh, yeah, and sometimes he would make his well, not sometimes, all the times he would make his victims blind so, blind, so blindfold themselves with their own clothing afterwards, so he could get away. Sometimes he even taped their eyes and their mouths shut. Uh, you know, during during three separate atta- during three of his separate attacks, he would refer to himself as Dave or David. So like this motherfucker was getting off on like name play, so he'd be like raping these girls and be like, "Call me David." David Wood. Like, a lot of names you could pick. You pick them to call you David. Like, <laughs> you should pick something like more badass, I guess. But hey, man, whatever. Yo,
1: so so if if you were in that situation, what what would you have the ladies call you or the gentleman?
0: No, I wouldn't be in that situation, Drew, because I don't rape people. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I'll probably come with uh, Julio, Rodrigo.
0: <laughs> True. Do you think before you speak? Nah. You basically just said that if you are raping a woman, you'd make her call you Julio. That's what you just admitted to, basically, is that you would rape a woman. No. Yeah, that's why you don't make jokes in that kind of situation. I already told you, if you're going to make jokes, make jokes about Altamio, not his victims. You can joke about Altamio all you want. Just don't joke about the victims or about the rape. We literally had a conversation about this. I told you not to do that. You're on fucking timeout. (laughs) Drew's going to the timeout chair after this. But yeah, uh, another weird thing about Joan Diver. Joan Diver, that was one of the last people that he killed. And, well, you know, he only killed three people. You know what I mean. It's one of the last crimes he committed. But she was the only victim he used blunt force trauma on. So, like, he didn't just kill this lady. He fucking beat her to death, basically. What the fuck? Yeah, it was fucked up, dude. But, uh, yeah, I got a list, a couple of the, a couple of his victims. So, I'm going to read that off real quick in honor, you know, and respect for them. Uh, There's obviously Linda Yellum. uh, Then, Majane Mazur. Joan Diver. uh, An unnamed victim in 1975. Unnamed victim in 1977. Unnamed victim in April 1981. She was 21. Uh 1983, he attacked three women. A 21-year-old in November, one in December, and then a 28-year-old on December 22nd. And then on August 24th, he attacked an unnamed 14-year-old. He used a rope to strangle her into unconsciousness and left her for dead. And I'm pretty sure that that was his youngest victim, Jamie. You got any? Uh, you got anything saying otherwise? That th- oh, I'm pretty f- sure it was 14. Was the youngest victim?
1: Yeah, 14 in the junkyard.
0: Yeah, he was fucked, dude.
1: Well, um, the average, like I did, I did my little research, and his average age for the for his for the age is 28.8 years old.
0: Yeah, he was fucked up, man. But, I mean, obviously it's fucked up in any situation. Like, any woman you're raping, it's fucked up. But, like, to rape a 14-year-old, dude, that's even more fucked. And then you left her there for dead, dude. You know what I mean? And I guess, like, in a way, some people could say, well, why was a 14-year-old out that late by herself? But I feel like that's not really an excuse you can use because women should be, a 14-year-old woman should be able to walk around and not be scared, you know what I mean? We shouldn't have to live in a world where our ladies are out there fucking scared to walk around at night. So, like, guys, you know, let's be allies to them, man. You know? Our women are important, man. They do a lot of shit. They put up with our dumbasses. There's women that put up with Drew's dumbass. Yeah. I don't know why, but they do. They put up is Sean's dumbass, too. I'm a fucking saint, dude. I'm an angel. Yeah, okay. But anyways, yeah, man. I hope... I mean, I'm sure it'll never happen because of how fucked up the world is. But I hope that one day we get to a time when we can live in a world where women don't have to be afraid to walk down the street at night. Be afraid of this shit happening.
1: Yo, but us us guys, we gotta be worried about walking down the street. Why?
0: I'm good looking as fuck, and Sean's decent good looking as fuck. True. I'm never doing a true crime episode with you ever again. You know how, like, inconsiderate you're sounding right now? Uh. Uh. It's pretty fucked up, dude. You can't just say shit like that, man. That's basically, that's like basically saying, you know, like. You know, it's like a fucked up way of saying shit. Like, oh, if you're good looking, you have to be worried about being raped. That's basically what you're saying. That's how it sounds. I know that's not what you mean for it to be like. But that's how it's coming off. It's like telling pretty girls, like, oh, if you're pretty, then you're going to get raped. You probably shouldn't be spreading those kind of messages because that's pretty fucked up. But, yeah, um, you know. Obviously, Drew didn't mean for it to sound like that, you know what I mean? But just, no, you got to think before you speak sometimes. But yeah, he's... Like I said, you know, we sh- there shouldn't be... Women shouldn't have to walk around and be terrified for their lives that they're going to be raped. Sh- we shouldn't live in a land like that. But uh I guess we probably always will because... We're just... I don't know. There's Unfortunately, there's always going to be an Altamio Sanchez out there somewhere. Unfortunately. But, yeah. He, uh... Yeah, they here's a really cool uh, interesting thing is that one of the girls one of the attacks that he did when they got to the scene they found a DNA match from a droplet of sweat one little drop of sweat that's how they got his DNA it was in the victim's car and once they got that boom they linked him to all the other attacks so like they got this motherfucker with a drop of sweat dude like, that's insane. Like, that's all it takes is just a fucking drop of sweat to get you. That's fucking crazy, dude.
1: Well, yeah, it's fucking crazy.
0: But yeah, they once they got that, you know, that's, they put them back on their radar again. That he was, obviously, that he was the guy. And then uh, in 2007, so a year after his father died. Two years after his mother, which I guess is... Kind of like poetic justice, I guess, kind of in a way. They're like the two people that fucked him, two of the people that fucked him up most, were dead, and then not long after that, he was caught. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to make something out of nothing. I don't know, guys. But uh, yeah, and then in 2007, while he was out to dinner with his wife, uh, after they had left, the cops collected DNA from his table, which is fucking smart. That's smart as shit, dude. That's a smart play right there. Like, yo, you just go to the restaurant where he's at, dude, and you just hide up in the kitchen or something, and you're like, yo, we the cops. We cool. We just here to collect DNA from that guy because we think he raped 13 women or whatever it was. <laughs> but, yeah, so then, uh, on, like I said, they collected DNA from his table while he was out with his wife for dinner. And then uh, on May 16th, of 2007, Altamio Sanchez pled guilty to the three murders and he was given three life sentences at Clinton Correctional Facility where he's still serving his time today. So, like, that's crazy. I was telling Drew here on the way here. It's kind of crazy to me that, like, he was charged for the three murders, but he never got charged for the rapes. Like, that's crazy, like... So, like, yeah, I mean, I guess in a way it's still justice because he is go- he'll is he be in jail for the rest of his life. But, like, you got to think about, like, all those women that were raped by this guy. They probably feel like, you know, they were kind of screwed out of feeling some kind of justice because he only got charged for murdering those women, but not for rapes. But, like, at the same time, I feel like maybe the rapes had to have played a part in the court because... You murder three people and they give you three life sentences for that? That seems pretty wild.
1: Yeah, that's
0: crazy. Yeah, so I don't... Maybe maybe the rapes didn't play a part, but I feel like if they didn't play a part, then they probably should have. I know it's too late now because it's been so fucking long, but I feel like... Obviously, murder's, I guess, a bigger crime. I don't want to say a bigger crime. I feel like that sounds kind of fucked up, but... I feel like... The rape should have been taken as seriously as the murders were. I guess in a way you could say. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's the story of Altamiel Sanchez, man. He was a fucked guy, killed three people, raped fucking dozens of women in the area, the Buffalo, New York area. I mean, me and Drew were talking earlier, too. It'd be sick if we were able to fucking interview that guy. Like, I would love to interview him. That would be super badass. Oh, yeah. I might I might look into it just to see if there's any way to do it. I might look into seeing if, how we'd be able to make it work. But, I mean, yeah, dude, that's it's wild, man. You got any other information you want to add to this, Drew? Because I know this is a fucking short-ass story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was
1: funny because he was like a regular person that was a coach to his son's basketball team, baseball team, he was just like, hey, I'm just a normal person.
0: Yeah, that's, that's another big thing you see with a lot of serial killers too. Is like, or not, you know what I mean, like, like murder and shit like that, is that a lot of people are like, yo, he seemed like the fucking nicest dude in the world to me. Like, yo, know, Ted Bundy, he literally had women swilling over him, dude, they thought he was the hottest, they thought he was the hottest thing on planet earth. Motherfucker was, like, was out here murdering people left and right.
1: Slash slash.
0: Yeah, it was fucking crazy dude. Like it's it's always it's always the ones you don't think it is, man, I'm telling you. It's always those quiet ones, man. I used to be quiet, so just so you guys know. You ever see me on the news? Just know. Just know, he just he went he went mad. If I ever kill somebody, my f I think my first murder might be Drew. I think I would murder Drew first. It would be a double homicide. We would, just, we, would f- we would just slice each other just right time and just die bleeding out. <laughs> We'd be like a modern-day fucking, uh, what are those people called? They drive off the cliff? Who's that? Uh, Thelma Louise. Thelma and Louise. We'd be a modern-day, true-crime Thelma and Louise. They'd walk in, both of us would be laying right next to each other, knives in our hands, dead, blood pouring out of our throats.
1: Yeah, all you see is the middle fingers at each other. Yeah, throat. just
0: middle fingers like that at each other's faces. I feel like somebody would take a picture of that and sell it in a museum, dude. That'd be fucking art, right? That could be a Picasso. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't, uh, because you know, with the mic thing going on, it kind of threw me off, so I okay. guess I probably could have gotten more information than what I got, but honestly, I mean, even if you look into the story. There's not a lot to the story, you know what I mean? It's not a huge story. It's basically kind of just, you know, cut and, cut and pay. Well, I don't know what to fucking say anything. You know what I mean? Cut and dry or whatever the hell it's called. Semi-dry cut? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, it is it is a big story, but, like, as of, like, like, the details of, it's like, his crimes and shit, there's not a lot to go off of. Because yeah. there's a ton of unnamed victims. A lot of them, they don't even tell you how old they are. When uh, when they really happened, they don't give you like exact dates. So I mean,
1: hey, you do you hear interesting. Something? Yeah. In uh, October ninth, nineteen ninety, a coworker of Sanchez went to the police and told him something's up with Sanchez.
0: Yeah, that's what I said earlier. His coworker snitched on I said that earlier. Did you not hear me say that earlier? Yeah. I heard
1: that. Ridiculous. You know what else? Yeah, he 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 might die in prison. Oh, he's one
0: hundred percent gonna die in prison. One hundred percent. I wonder how he even sur- like how he survived in prison. Dude,
1: you know they don't you know they don't like rapists in prison,
0: especially when it's a rape when you rape a fucking fourteen year old girl. Fuck, <laughs> that's like fucked fucked. Yo, this, yo, this dude's gonna be the prison's bitch, bitch. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm sure if. If they haven't by now, they probably had to move this dude into, like, a... Isolation? Yeah, or, like, you know, not, like, out of gen pop. You know what I mean? No, but they usually put, like, rapists and uh, child molesters in one, like, one little area of the jail. Did child molesters and rapists beat each other up? That's I do. How would that work? Like, like you back. hate this dude for raping kids, but you also raped kids? I don't know. That's very strange. But I mean, I could talk about also, like I said earlier, you know, the thing, the couple things that I pinpointed out that are big factors and, you know, that you see a lot when studying like serial killers is like, you know, a lot of them have fucked up childhoods, Uh, a lot of them were abused mentally or physically or sexually. Uh, You know, there's a lot of isolation when they're kids, a lot of them are kind of isolated the only thing different with Ultimeo is there's not a lot of, like, true crime guys. Like, there's not a lot of true crime stories where they didn't have, like, girlfriends until they are like, in college. That's, like, the strange thing. Because a lot of them, they were dating people when they were younger. So, I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know. It's very strange to go from, oh, I'm too shy to talk to women to, now I'm going to put a gun in your throat. Or a gun in your head so I can rape you. But I know saying that it's like smoking crack is kind of a bad, like you know, metaphor. But I, I, it's because I'm lacking thinking of a better one. But like a lot of those situations, and a lot of those, like crimes like that, a lot of those guys admit that once they do it once, they just couldn't stop themselves. It was like it was eating away at them that they had to go back out and they had to do it again. It was like they're feeding a demon inside of them. I'm not saying that's an excuse. Obviously, if you do it, you're a piece of shit. You deserve to go to jail for the rest of your life. But it's crazy to, like, get inside their minds and see what it's like for them doing it. Because, I mean, there's tons of guys whose stories they'll straight up tell you, like, I didn't want to do it, bro. They're like, I I didn't want to kill, but I had to. I had no choice. Like, they felt like there was something compelling them to want to go out and murder, which is very strange. And, I mean, I could go on for fucking days talking about, you know. Like, the mental aspects of murderers and serial killers. Because some of those guys are just fucking wild, man. They're fucked in the head. (sighs) Excuse me. But, uh, yeah. It's crazy to me, too, that Altamio, he had kids. He had a wife. You know, he had a whole... Dude had a full-blown family, bro. And you're going to sit here and tell me that you did not know this dude was going out and fucking raping people? I guess the same could be said for, uh... What the hell is that one dude's name? Golden State? Yeah, yeah. Golden State killer. He oh was look. the same way. He had when he, when he finally got arrested, his daughter straight upset. She's like, I didn't... I, I had no idea. She's like, I had no idea. He, you know, he seemed like the greatest father in the world to me.
1: Yeah, Sean, so this is the uh, second highlighted one
0: where he talk about his kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Drew. Uh, yeah, Altamio and Kathleen's first son is born October 1981. Uh, his name is Christopher. Less than a year later, their second son, Michael, was born. Uh, during rapes, Altamio would demand that his victims wait for 30 seconds before fleeing the scene. So that's wild. Both of his one first son was born in nineteen eighty one and then the second son in nineteen eighty two. And then, you know, when he would rape people, he would ask them to he would st- ask them to stop and wait for thirty seconds before he took off. That's weird, man. And then in nineteen eighty three, when he took a job at American Press regarding his rape victims. He demanded a longer period of waiting time. He insisted that the victims boy for at least five minutes before moving. So I wonder if maybe he changed the time because maybe one of his victims tried to get up like early and take off, maybe, and that's why he he demanded that they wait even longer, maybe? I don't know. It's very strange. That's like that's the only bad thing, like, with true crime is there's a lot of shit that you'll never You'll never under you'll never get the answers to you know what I mean because a lot of these guys will only tell you so much, yeah. Or they'll just hit you with the oh I don't know.
1: Yeah, so you when, know I mean? when I first when I first read that part, I thought he raped his wife.
0: Yeah, right. It's weird how they. What is this from? I I found I found it on some website. It's weird the way they set this up because because it's so like they put like there's so much information in like one little box so it makes you think that it's like all connected in a way.
1: Yeah, they should like space the box out.
0: But, yeah, here, Drew, like, the inf- Drew gave me his laptop because, you know, he did, uh, I did, like, the basics of, like, Altamio, but Drew did a little more detailed into the crimes and shit.
1: And that's why, was tra- if you know early in the episode, Sean was getting aggravated with me because I was, I was fact-checking.
0: Now I'm not, I wasn't really fact-checking him. Yeah, well, the problem is we don't talk about this shit before we do an episode.
1: Well, we gotta work on that.
0: Yeah, that's our problem. So you're buttoning in every time I had to say something. If you would have told me ahead of time before the episode that, you know, you had more specific details, then, you know, it would have been better. But that's, you know, that's not on us. We're just, you know. We're just, we're two bulls in the China shop. Yeah. We'll get it. We appreciate you guys sticking with us through the growing pains. Yeah. We promise eventually we'll get better at this, maybe. Maybe not. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. We'll probably not ever be that good at it, but at least it'll be worth listening to. Oh, definitely. Uh, once again,
1: people, if you have a bad day, we're open.
0: Yeah, man, turn on our shit, man. We hope you guys we hope you guys are having a bad day, man. I hope you turn on an episode again losing and you laugh your ass off, man. Or cry. Or you listen to the Altamir Sanchez episode and you get like me and you have fucking nightmares. Which is what I had again because <laughs> for some reason I love true crime so much, but every time I do true crime it gives me nightmares. But I continue doing it because, you know, why not? I well, know, let's torture myself. But yeah. anyways. Anyways, yeah, I'll give you guys, I'll go through everything I went through before, and I'll give you guys some little more details behind it. Now that I got the details in front of me. Uh. So, yeah, 1983, that's when he changed it to waiting five minutes before moving. Uh, And then, again in 1983, 11, 19, what was it? November? November 19th? November 19th. Yeah, November 19th. Uh, he raped a female victim who was 21 years of age. This took place at Delaware Park st- at a Delaware Park statue of David Woods. Who the fuck is David Woods? David Woods is his alter ego. Oh, okay, okay. You're right. You're right. In uh, this attack, that's when he utilized, That's when he used a gun. Uh, and then December 19, 1983, he raped a third victim in Delaware Park. Uh, statue of David Woods, using a gun as the weapon of choice. A few days later, uh, on December 22nd, he raped a 28-year-old female at the same park. So a lot of the times, he stayed within the same vicinity, kind of. Yeah, I guess you know, he didn't really change it up too much. You know,
1: like, uh, like, uh, like I saw the map. I, f- I should have saved the map. The map was, like, spread out western New York. I think his father's, wa- his father's north was probably uh
0: before Grand Island. Yeah, so he, like, he didn't go, like, he didn't switch up his spaces a lot, but he switched it up enough to it not be a consistent area, you know what I mean? Which is, it's, it's kind of smart, actually. Kind of smart and dumb. To do that, because then they can't really pinpoint you to one thing if you're, a lot of your crimes are spread out, they can't. Sometimes it confuses them, they don't think it's the same person. So, I mean, this guy wasn't stupid, he knew. He knew what he was doing. Uh... Oh, this is interesting. In 1984, he had a turning point because he was attacking a victim, and she he covered her eyes so she could not view his face. This 21-year-old woman noticed that he had set his pistol down. Oh, shit. She grabbed it and beat him in the head. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. After gaining control of the situation, Sanchez raped a female. And it is believed that this is what made him decide to use a ligature. So yeah, he would start stringing them with like rope and shit, so he could get more of a control over them. But yeah, man, good on this girl for fucking beating his ass, man. It's a shame she couldn't get away, but at least she beat his ass. That's that's a win for sure. Uh, then April third, April baby son, 1984. He raped a 28-year-old female at 1700 Elmwood Ave near railroad, railroad Overpass. Crazy, man. God, I mean, it's smart to do it there because nobody would hear a scream, you know, the railroad and shit. Not saying that I condone him doing it, I'm just saying, you know. It's like if we're looking at it as true crime-wise, it's smart for him to have done it there. And then uh, in July, July eighth, nineteen eighty four, he raped a twenty one year old female at Delaware Park Statue of David Woods again. Another one there. Uh, nineteen eighty five was the second time that Sanchez insisted on telling vi- telling the victim that his name was David. So yeah, I'm sure it had something to do with that David Woods statue in Delaware Park. Uh, nineteen twelve or what the fuck what am I talking about? <laughs> Uh, What's the 6th? June. Okay, yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm not going to go months. I'm kind of stupid. Uh, June twelfth, nineteen 1986, Altamio Sanchez's first attack took place on a Thursday in Delaware Park. His first victim was a 44-year-old woman in which he tr- was, she was dragged into a secluded path and raped. He was able to main control, maintain control of her consciousness by tightening the lig. Tightening the ligature around her neck. So yeah, this dude was fucked up, man. Always. He was really fucked up. Fucked up in the head. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, if you guys have not seen this dude before, go look him up. He was fucked in the head, dude. He he looks fucked in the head. Oh shit, I didn't realize that these are little numbers right here are telling you what his age was around the time too. Yeah. Yeah, he was nine he was twenty eight when he did that. When he Raped that forty-four-year-old woman. He was twenty-eight.
1: So if he knows like all the women's ages, Th- that's how I got the average.
0: Yeah. That uh, that part took me like at least a few minutes to do. I mean, I think from now on, when we do true crime episodes like this, I think we'll stick to this. You know, kind of basis where like I'll dive into like the main shit, and then Drew could dive into more like the detailed shit. You know what I mean? So like, if I bring something up, then he can give you like the exact details for it. I think that kind of works. That gives us a reason to, you know, kind of go longer. Yeah, and it gives us a way to you know, keep the conversation going between the two of us. Until we until we find another host. Yeah, we're gonna find another host eventually at some point. But uh yeah. Nah, July fourteenth, nineteen eighty six, twenty eight years old. Uh a little before nine AM. Holy fuck, dude, nine AM. That's wild. Yeah, I'm still sleeping at that time. Right? He raped a 17 year old female behind Frontier High School in uh, Hamburg. oh that's fucking terrible. I wonder if that that girl probably went to that school, huh? It's probably. Fuck, that's fucked up,
1: dude. Yeah, but the um, I was I was thinking about when he when he murdered that 44 year old woman. What that 44 year old woman was a mother of one of his victims. Very well could be.
0: Very well could be.
1: Probably like the fourteen-year-old, or
0: yeah, it very well could have been. Honestly,
1: but I'm not really for sure because I didn't really like connect the pieces till now.
0: I mean, when I looked it up, it d- didn't say anything about that. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. And I feel like if that that information, if it was true, I feel like that's kind of stuff they wouldn't put out to the public. You know what I mean? But I mean, there's a lot. There's been a lot of things like that too, where people attack a daughter or a mother, and then go and attack the other one. Oh, there's yeah. A lot of people do that.
1: Yo, so I was, it was like our it was like our first time. I, an on-air episode we did about the uh, people in Niagara Falls.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one that was murdered, and they are like, her cousin.
1: Yeah, where well yeah. her head got decapitated.
0: Yeah, they do that a lot. Like, serial killers do that a lot in situations where they'll, like, kill, or, like, they'll, like, mess with one family member, or they'll kill one family member, and then kill another one in the same family. And they do it as a way to keep that family forever in fear. Like, to keep that family forever scared of them, you know what I mean? Which, obviously, would work. Like, if somebody killed one of my family members and then killed somebody else, same guy, I'd probably be scared for the rest of my life that he was coming. You know what I mean? He's coming like a word like, That's the way you do it, if you want to do it. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, that girl, that 17-year-old girl behind the high school, he looped a ligature around her neck twice from behind and then pulled her off off of the path. And this incident... He demanded that she not look at his face, so I think maybe in like that situation, I feel like maybe he kind of felt some guilt. Maybe I feel like that's a big thing that you see a lot is like when people feel guilty for what they're doing, they don't want people to look at them because then they feel more guilty. So I mean, I think somewhere deep, deep down inside of Altamir Sanchez, I think he was, he could have been a good dude. You know what I mean? I think he just yeah, the know. fucked up childhood. Yeah, I think a no, fucked up um, childhood played part in it for sure. So expl- explain to the fellow losers, what's ligamy. Ligature. Ligature. Yeah, it means like a rope, like a rope, you know, fucking uh, one of those things that like hitmans use, the fucking wire. All oh, the wire shit. Yeah, it's just a, it's something that they just wrap, they wrap anything around your neck just to, just to gain control over you. Like I said, that's pri- that's why he was doing it was to gain, have better control over them. Uh, but yeah, she, he demanded that she not look at his face. And when he concluded the act, he told her to wait about 20 minutes before making any moves. So, he went from 30 seconds to 5 minutes to 20 minutes. Yeah, that's like a whole episode or something. Yeah, (laughs) so he's obviously doing it because he probably wants to give himself enough time to get away.
1: Yo, what what if he does, because he's a bike path rapist, what if he
0: always was on a bike? Very well could have been. I feel like the reason they gave him that name was because a lot of his crimes were near or around bike paths. But, I mean, they also called him the Bike Path Killer, too. Yeah, but if you if you go
1: down more that list, he, he didn't like that uh, Bike Path Killer term. Yeah,
0: I'm sure he didn't. He'll be the first one who didn't like a name give... Well, actually, no, there's been a lot of guys that don't like the names media gives them. Like BTK, who literally fucking turned himself in because he was mad. That they wouldn't call him the name he wanted to be called because he's a fucking idiot. But that's a whole nother story. But anyways, that's another story we might die, we may dive into. But yeah, and then, uh, when he was thirty, January, tenth, nineteen eighty eight, when he was thirty, he raped. This is what Drew was talking about earlier. He raped a sixteen year old female in Buffalo after dragging her to a junkyard. That's fucked up,
1: dude. Yo, he had two. He had two victims
0: in the junkyard. That 14 year old and that 16 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in 1989, they don't give it the exact date. They just said 1989, uh, he was 31. His third and last occurrence of telling a victim that his name was David during unaccept, an unsuccessful attempt, he attacked a 22 year old female in Delaware Park. He approached and grabbed her from behind. His efforts to maintain a grip on her neck failed, so he ran off. Also, Sanchez increased his escape time frame and instructed his victims to wait 40 minutes before <laughs> making any movements. So he went from 30 seconds, 5 minutes, 20 minutes, to 40 minutes. It's like he, this shit is just escalating fast, man. Yeah, and he's also getting old and fat. Yeah, he's getting old. It's probably harder for him to control people.
1: God damn it.
0: I need you. But. Yeah, and then in May, May 1st, 1989, he raped a female near an abandoned building. She was 15 years old. God. He was 31 at the time. It's fucked up, dude. I mean, I hope that these women who were attacked by him, I hope, you know, I hope they're living wonderful lives now. I hope all of them are living great lives. I hope that they're able to get over this. Horrible, horrible thing. It's terrible, man, to even think about it. I don't even want to think about it because, like, I have people in my family. You know, I mean, I have a cousin that's 16 years old. I like, think if that would have happened to her, I'd fucking kill this dude. I'd find mm-hmm. him. I'd kill him myself. Yeah, we will kill I'd him. I'd spend the rest of my life behind bars happily. Yo, I, I bet you do a uh, lawful citizen where you pump I a drug. law-abiding citizen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%, dude. I'll tie him her up, keep shooting him with adrenaline so I could just sh- slowly chop his body up, dude. Like that, dude, dude. That was a fucked up movie. But, uh, yeah, and then, uh, in, uh, what's after July? August. August, yeah, okay. Fuck, I'm stupid. August 24th, 1989. He was 31. A girl 14 years of age was walking on the Willow Ridge bike path in Amherst. She was on her way to summer school. Jesus Christ. He wrapped a ligature around her neck and drug her to a bushy area off the trail. He raped her, tightened a garrote. That's what, that's what use uses, the garrote. It's like that thin wire. He tightened one of those around her neck and he left the victim unconscious. So he left her unconscious there and dipped. So I wonder how long it took for somebody to find her. Couple yeah, hours sure, a maybe day, maybe a couple hours maybe. Uh, um, in May, May thirty first, nineteen ninety, around all these crimes so far, I wasn't even fucking alive for any of these yet. But uh, yeah, May thirty first, nineteen ninety, he was thirty two. Around seven thirty a.m., a thirty-two-year-old businesswoman traveled the Elliot Creek bike path as she was walking. She suddenly felt a, card, a cord loop around her neck from behind. After she was unconscious, he raped her. So with this one, he didn't rape her while she was still, you know, like, you know, you know, responsive. He waited, he knocked her out unconscious. Like, he choked her until she became unconscious and then he committed his crime. So I wonder if maybe that has something to do with a play into him not wanting to be like these women and to see him, maybe. Honestly, it very well could just be that he just not want these women to see him because he didn't want to be able to identify him. But I think it's a deeper meaning that he he felt ashamed by what he was doing. That's what I think. I mean, obviously, I don't have proof, but that's what I would think because that's a big factor a lot of times, too. Uh... Then, in September 29th, 1990, uh, a 22-year-old student attending the University of Buffalo, Linda Yellum, which Drew mentioned earlier, was uh, jogging around noon along the Elliott Creek bike path. Altamio had raped and murdered this victim. Her body, barely clothed, was found the next day on September 30th, around 5 p.m. So he raped her, killed her, and they didn't find her body again until 5 o'clock p.m. the next day. Jeez. So like, imagine just being, like, that family member to have to get that call. Like, not only would you just find your family member's body, but she was raped, too. That's so fucked, dude. This shit is going to give me so many nightmares know I can feel it. He's going to call me up in the middle of the Hey, guys, so at least we're good content for you, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: or he's going to call me up in the middle of Fuck you, Drew. Aids to fall up.
0: Uh-huh. Or oh, shut the fuck up, Drew. Then, uh... October 9th, 1990... Coworker of Sanchez... This is the guy Drew said earlier... Uh, Bob McGuire, he made contact with Amherst Police. He had seen Elliot er, Altamino Sanchez at least two times over the past 14 months... On the Ellicott C- Creek bike path. He found this to be highly suspicious... So around 11:10 p.m. on this night, the police set up surveillance at Sanchez's home. So yeah, this is around the time that that guy snitched on him. And then you know, there's some more details. I don't want to read every single detail to you guys because there's a lot of shit here.
1: There's like two hour material. Yeah, like and I don't want to <laughs>
0: keep. I don't want to keep just reading it off because then it's just gonna sound like we're just reading shit. You know what I mean? Yep. I wonder how he tells his wife, Oh, hey, honey, I'm going to work. Yeah. I wonder that, too, honestly. I wonder if, like, did she know? Was she, like, was she surprised when he got arrested? But, um, 2007, uh Kathleen and... Yeah, I was going to say, I know not long after he was arrested, they divorced. Yeah, 2007. Yeah, they, she got a divorce on pretty quick. Uh... Oh, here's interesting. Uh, In October 30th, 1992, Jane Mazur, who I mentioned earlier, was raped and murdered by Altamio Sanchez. She was 32 years old age. She was 32 years old, and she was a mother. She was a prostitute that encountered Sanchez on more than one occasion. So this is the way that he killed because he thought that she would be able to ID him because they had met before. Uh, She was discovered in a deserted low-key field in Buffalo on Exchange Street. Her body was partially clothed. Altamio had not intended to kill her. While he was having sex with her, he put a bag over her head and she began to fight. He murdered her because she knew him and could easily recognize his face. This murder did not fit fit his normal descriptions. He had... Prior contact with the victim, so you know, obviously that's why he killed her. And then uh... he normally did not attack random women, and he killed them on a, ba- on a path, not in a Chichewa. But Short returned a few sh- returned a few shorts weeks later, after reconcil- re- reconciling with his wife. During this time period, allegations have been made that Altamio was having an affair with a woman named Sharon. So around the time that he killed this Majin Mazur, he was all on the ouch with his wife and it was believed that he was having a affair with another woman named Sharon. And they're saying that this Majin Mazur attack seemed kind of just random, I and mean, he usually didn't just attack random people. So I'm thinking maybe he did it solely for the fact that because she had knew him and she had seen him around before.
1: Yeah, that's either dumb or kind of smart. Who knows
0: about the whole situation? Uh, in September twenty ninth, nineteen ninety six, he was thirty eight. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot, I lost where I was because these guys are talking. I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, it had been exactly six years since Linda Yalem Ye- had been murdered, and Altimio Sanchez had participated. An annual race that was held every year in order to honor Yulam's memory. So this motherfucker not only killed this lady, but he ran in a race that was that was created to celebrate this lady's wife. So this motherfucker's just running this race like, ha ha! I killed her. <laughs> like, oh my god, over here! Like, I'm so happy we're celebrating Yulam. Sorry that I fucking murdered her. Oh, sorry, not sorry. What a douche, dude! I'm starting to like realize that this guy actually, like, I thought this guy was kind of just like, you know. Like a nerd? Yeah, and I'm starting to realize he's actually a piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, his number, his number for that race was 679. Ooh, interesting fact. Uh, ooh. November 11, 2006. This is when they had, the first time they had referred to him as the bike path killer. And then. <laughs> and then November 15th. That same year. uh, That's when they found. A droplet of sweat was found. In Joan Diver's vehicle. After testing the DNA. Of the sample. The murder was linked to the bike path rapist. So they thought that these were two different people. They thought bike path killer. And bike path rapist were two different people. Because remember, he was, Altamir was known mainly for the rapes, not killings. So they thought, so that's why they, you know, they called him Bike Path Killer, because they thought it was a different person that was just killing people on bike paths.
1: Yo. I'll be, if I was
0: if I was Mr. Sanchez, because I'm not
1: going to say his first name, I'm just going to call him Mr. Sanchez. Is that because I don't respect the guy? It's none of that? because No, we don't fucking respect him. We no. We're talking about. No, because I can't say Altamir. Altamio. Altamio. See? I, we so don't respect him. What the fuck? No, He's no. He's piece of shit. But, uh... Mr. Chance says, as soon as he found out... There's, like... Oh, there's no, uh... There's a bike path rapist. But now we're talking about there's a bike path killer. These guy's in the... these guy's probably, like, in the, in the cell right here. Like, these motherfuckers.
0: Well, he wasn't even arrested yet at this point. He wasn't arrested until 2007. But, uh, yeah. It, I just thought it was... That was wild that they, th- for a second there, they thought, before they had got the, in the DNA from the drop of sweat in Joan Diver's vehicle, they had thought that Bike Path Killer and Bike Path Rapist were two different people. So that's kind of crazy. And then, uh, in January thirteenth, two 2007, uh, while Sanchez and his wife were out to dine at Soul Restaurant, a linen napkin and a dish and straw were collected for a DNA sample. Uh, January 14, 2007, lab reports confirmed that Sanchez's DNA matched the bike path rapist. Man, January was a bad fucking month for this guy. Wait,
1: um... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not cutting you off. Uh, what is if these, these rape cases... What the they never really... Because you know how they really had no DNA... Technology back that, then? That could
0: be why. That could be a big factor of why he didn't get charged for the rapes and only for the murders. Because they only had... Well, I mean, I think they knew that, like, he was the rapist, but, th- like, you said, they probably didn't have proof, little evidence. to no evidence to prove that he was. So I guess maybe that's why they got him for the murders instead. Or Which I guess, if you think about it, like that it makes sense.
1: Or, what? like, like. alright, I know rape's bad, but what if he never did, like, you know... To them.
0: What? You know. Like, like penetrated them?
1: Yeah. What do you mean? Like just killed them? No, no. I'm talking about the rape. Like rape. Because what if he was like going behind and just groping
0: them? I mean, I... It, that that's pretty fucked up. But I guess that's not really... I mean... Cause I don't it, know. Uh, that's, that's I th- guess it's considered... I, I mean, I'm sure it would be considered a crime. But I guess it's not as serious as rape. But... Yeah, like you said they probably didn't have a lot of inf- a lot of f- evidence if any to confirm that he did those rapes. So that's probably why they just got him for the murders instead. they were like fuck, we're going to take this guy down. We're taking him down for something, you know what I mean? 75 <laughs> long years. Yeah, but uh like I said January 19, 2007, he was 49 at the time. Uh he was taken into custody he was taken into custody. His interview interg- interrogation started at 9.30 a.m. and continued for a dreadful 9.5, 9 and a half hours.
1: God damn, So bro. they were
0: in interrogation for 9 and a half hours. And I'm sure a good chunk of that was just letting this dude sweat it out, man. They probably just locked him in there, and they were just like, fuck it. If we leave him in there long enough, eventually he's just going to admit.
1: Yo, Sean, what are you doing in 9 and a half hours? I don't know,
0: dude. I'd be bored. I would... I'd probably lose my mind, honestly. Yeah,
1: but you almost had it. You almost had it done one time. No, shut the fuck up. That didn't happen to me. Nothing
0: happened. I'm, I'm I've never been arrested in my life.
1: No, I'm talking about when we were during Bob's boot camp. We were, in, we got interrogated like motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, why? Well, Drew being interrogated by my grandfather is not the same as being interrogated by the police for nine and a half hours. I'll be sweating. You're always fucking sweating. Hey, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm not sweating right now. But yeah, uh, it lasted for nine and a half hours. Uh, and then when it finished, he it ended with him being arrested. And then January 19th, 2007, he was indicted for both the murders of Yulem and Missouri. And then, uh, what's the third month? March. January. Yeah, March 1st, 2007. A former hardware clerk, hardware store clerk, testified before grand jury. He was indicted for the murder of Joan Divers. This would make him accountable for three different murders. Holy fuck! Three murders, and Uh, then a dozen rapes, maybe even more. But if they couldn't attribute to him,
1: yo, um, if if you look more down that list, more.
0: Yeah, Drew, I'm getting down it. Oh, I'm getting there. But yeah, um, uh, shit, I'm sorry guys, March 16th, 2007, Sanchez pled guilty to three murders in the courtroom, and then August 14th, 2007, Sanchez's sentencing took place on the day at 9.30am, uh, he was sentenced to a total of 75 years in prison. 25 years for each life he had taken.
1: That's so, always... this
0: motherfucker's never going to see the Lloyd of Day again. Ever. Um, then, <coughs> November 8th, 2007, he's 49. He was transferred from the prison to a new location to engage in interviews for the day. Sanchez admitted to participating in two more rapes. Holy fuck. That's usually how it happens. Usually, once they're in there and they know they're not going anywhere, that's when they start admitting them more shit. Yo, yo, how about how about six nine? He's a fucking scumbag too. <laughs> uh, October two thousand seven, Kathleen and Altamio had officially divorced. Uh, two thousand eight was their last known contact between each other, and then as of twenty ten, year I graduated high school. He was fifty two. As of t- twenty ten, he's currently being held at Clinton Correctional Facility in northern New York. So, I mean, that'd be kind of sick to, like, get an interview with him, I feel like. Yeah, if we do that,
1: that'd be, like, like probably a side story or s- side episode or whatnot. Yeah. Because there's no way, if if we could get this interview done, there's no way the president would let him let have an hour with us.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, it gives you just, like, a little bit of information about, like, his childhood and shit. His childhood, his race. His you know, he was the last born fourth of three siblings. Three older siblings under the age of four. Two older sisters and an older brother. Uh His parents, when his parents got divorced, then Sanchez's mother, because Sanchez's mother caught him having an affair. His father having an affair. His father moved to New Jersey after Altamio Jr. and his mother resided in Florida. His father also had an alcohol problem. Uh, Altamio Sanchez was abused physically and sexually by his mother's boyfriends as a child. As a teenager, Sanchez's mother informed him that he was a mistake and she never meant to have him. After becoming aware of this, he would be he would be extremely furious every time he had this thought and he would need to release this urge. This led to acts like I said earlier, this led to acts of murder and rapes. He felt that his mother's death two thousand five triggered his last murder. He also witnessed his mother receive beatings from her boyfriend, so yeah, like I said earlier, you know he did he had a fucked up childhood, and that shit builds up on you, and that's when he feels like, oh I have to get I have to go out and I have to kill somebody to get rid of this urge this this pain that I'm feeling because a lot of those guys. The way they look at it is if they're hurting, then other people have to pay for them, you know, feeling this way. Which is fucked up, but that's how they think. It's like, oh, I feel, I'm angry right now, so you have to die so I won't be angry anymore. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he was two years old when his father left. His mother told him he was a mistake during his teenage years. Yeah, uh,
1: know, Sean, so if you go to uh, my word document, yeah, I I did a little typing in that. Yeah, I got
0: shit right here, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, he had problems in school. He had trouble concentrating in school, which I also had, but I didn't kill nobody. Ultimately, I would begin having blackouts in high school when he was a junior. He would not remember anything that happened. Shortly after these occurrences, he began raping victims after his senior year. He was never teased in school. So he never bullied. Uh, the community thought of him as a very easygoing, all-around nice guy. He was a youth baseball coach and basketball coach and a golfer. So that's very weird. Uh, he had an accent. Obviously, he came from fucking Puerto Rico. Um, his aunt, like,
1: his aunt uh, says he was, like, a very quiet
0: person. He graduated from Grover Grover Cleveland High School. After earning his high school diploma, he attended Buffalo State College. After discovering his wife was pregnant, he dropped out of college in search for a job. He never obtained his college degree. He never fired from any jobs, so I mean, you know, he was never a bad worker. He just had that dark, sick... Yeah, that sick... I'm not gonna call it a sickness, because he's... Obviously, you know what he's doing, but he was just fucked up. Yeah, he even admitted to having problems conversing with females, and furthermore, he stated he was afraid to approach females. So you go from being afraid to approach females... To raping and murdering females. It's very strange. Uh, He had two children. Two sons. Obviously we talked about that. Never abused drugs. Never abused alcohol. Another big thing too. That you see a lot in like true crime. Is like bedwetting. A lot of serial killers are bedwetters. When they're children. Which plays a big part in it too. You know. But uh, yeah, his victims, mostly young women, mainly college students because of his proximity to Buffalo State. The victims were usually in their 20s, although some victims were teenagers. He attacked and assaulted two 14-year-old females and other victims ranging from 15 to 19. There are exceptions, though, obviously, like we talked about. Diver, being 45, did not fit his description, nor did Missouri, 32. he started killing around the age of thirty-two. Well, that's when he, that's when he committed his first murder, was around the age of thirty-two. He killed again at thirty-four, and then again at forty-eight. Yeah, the first woman he ever killed was Linda Yellum, September twenty-ninth, nineteen ninety. Then he killed the last one was Joan Divers. That's where they got his DNA from the drop of sweat. That was September twenty-ninth, two thousand six. Yeah, dude, this dude is fucked, man. Yeah, he's... He's a fucked up guy, man. But yeah, that just goes on to, like, more information about him, like, you know. Giving you, like, more details about him. Which isn't really important, I guess. He did leave all of his victims... Half naked, though. With pants... Or underwear scrunched up on one leg most often with clothing covering their heads. Uh, In Missouri's case, the second murder victim, he placed her face down with two plastic bags wrapped around her head. That's crazy. Yeah, he's...
1: He's fucked in the head.
0: Uh, Yeah, he, regarding his first murder, he drugged the victim off the path into a foliage of seclusions, basically, just, like, bushes and shit. Yeah, he left her there, covered in, like, a clo- jacket and shit, and it's fucking dipped. dipped. Um, he did try, he did move, he killed... Missouri was killed, was raped, and murdered in his inside of his white four-door Pontiac Sunbird. Uh, he disposed of her body in a secluded yet open field. He tried to cover her bodies with pieces of trash, a wooden board, and rocks. So he did try to cover that one up. Uh, yeah, that's about it, guys. I mean, obviously we'll keep you updated. I mean, I'm gonna look into it and see if there's any information I can find about if there's any way that we'd be able to interview him. Obviously it's probably a long shot, but uh we'll definitely keep you guys uh we'll keep you guys updated on that. But yeah, man, ultimate story of Altamiel Sanchez, man. Fucked up guy.
1: Altamiel Sanchez, known as the bike path rapist. Or the bike path killer.
0: He's fucked up, man. Uh, you know, he'll be in jail for the rest of his life. Probably never see the light of day again. And, uh, yeah, so. Uh, I'm happy you guys gave me a chance to finally do some true crime. I, I promise you next time we do a true crime episode, I'll be more prepared. Just, you know, with Mike leaving and everything, it kind of threw me off a little bit, and we can admit that we're very bad when it comes to communication. So, oh I yeah. mean, it's something we got to work on. Because you got to remember, guys, we went from not doing topics to right to topic based. So, it's, you know, it's going to be hard. The transition's going to be a little hard. Yo, yeah,
1: yeah, you know what it feels like for me right now? What? <laughs> and then you're going to tell me shut the fuck up about this one. It's going to feel like the uh, cool running. We feel like the Jamaican bobsled team finally getting down the hills the right way.
0: Shut the fuck up, Drew. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Yeah,
0: guys, it's I, it's only going to get better from here. Um we just gotta get through the growing pains. We appreciate you guys sticking with us through this through all of this, through the change now with Mike leaving. Uh, like we said earlier, uh when Drew gets back from his vacation, or maybe while Drew's on vacation, uh, I'm gonna make a post up in the group. Just, you know, putting it out there that we might be looking to bring on somebody else, you know, and just see who's out there maybe. I don't wanna like say interview people because we're not really a job, but maybe just like, you know, I don't know, maybe like do a couple trial runs, maybe with some people, just to see how it works out. I guess it's like uh, it's like
1: right now we're looking for our new host, like Jeopardy is.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Um. to say anything about next week's episode? Everyone's we gonna keep hush hush. Well,
0: hushy? I don't want to give you guys the topic for next week because you know I like posting those hints, getting you guys to try and figure it out, get you involved. But uh, by the way, I actually. A lot of good guesses this week, man. I, I got some good ones. I got some really good ones for sure. None of them were close, but there were some good ones. Like I got, uh, Fiden said something about, he thought it was the Bridgewater Triangle. But I was like, no, nah, that's Massachusetts. Which I'm hoping, I don't want to put anything in stone because, you know, life happens. But I think it would be sick if, like, around next Halloween, we could do an episode in the Bridgewater Triangle. I think that'd be badass if we yeah, made could make that happen. Can we
1: bring a board?
0: No. Fuck no, come on, mate. never. Come on, you want to unleash the demons, dude? Uh, you know yeah. what kind of demons are in that fucking place? Hell uh, yeah. Yeah, till you get murdered immediately. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one. You're f- shut the fuck up. But yeah, uh, but yeah, next week, I'm not gonna give you guys a hint, but I mean, I'll give you guys a hint on the page next week. But it's Drew's episode. Oh, well, it's. It's kind of it's gonna be like a group episode between the two of us, and we're also bringing on a guest. You know, somebody. It's our, it's our go-to for this kind of stuff. Yeah, she's our go-to for this kind of topic, so we're excited to have her on. And uh, it's gonna be like a talk-based episode, but we're gonna talk about like a lot of different things. It's just gonna be like in the basic topic. Yeah, I just thought about it. I wonder how she's gonna sound. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited (laughs) to see what she's like on the uh, mic. Yeah, man, I think we got a good episode for you guys next week, and then the week after that, and then, so you'll get two episodes with me and Drew both, and then the next episode, the third episode, will be Drew down at Myrtle Beach. That's going to be his special episode, and I won't be on that one, because I'll be here, but, and then when he gets back, we'll do another one. But yeah, guys, that's the story of Altamiel Sanchez. And um, how he became ne- known as the bike path racist. Yep. Um, next week,
1: you got that special guest.
0: Yeah, and then the week after that, we do another episode. Right, the week after that, we do another episode. Yeah, and then that w- then next week after that, you leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you get two more episodes, and then Drew's gone for on his vacation. And then when he gets back, you have another episode. But, yeah, man, I mean, there's not much left to say now.
1: Well, um, I got a closing remark.
0: Yeah, just a couple of closing
1: remarks. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, if you decide to walk walk out by yourself n- uh, during this time, always have a buddy or have a cell phone on handy.
0: Yeah, man. You know, be careful out there, man. You know, get a pet. Get a fucking big-ass dog. Bring him with you. Train to bite some guy's nuts off.
1: That'd be kind of sick. Or, or, uh, have, or have like a me, like a gorilla, and Sean, like a, a spider monkey. We, we want some motherfucking ass.
0: I know we shouldn't be having to tell you this because we shouldn't live in a world where women have to be afraid, but unfortunately, that's the uh, reality we live in. So, you know, just be careful, man. Take some mace with you. Anything.
1: Mace, brass knucks.
0: And if you ever fall in a situation like this and you have any bit of a description, let us know. And we'll get, we'll round up some guys we'll out there and we'll beat his ass ourselves. Some street justice. <laughs> or, if you could. Dick twist Yeah (laughs) The old Dick twist Twist. Take his dick And
1: twist it So are you gonna Hit that Dude it's been a while Since you hit your last Your closing line
0: We need We need it back (sighs) Well Life is short Losers So always be your Weirdest self
1: See you next time And get in loser Starting a podcast